I'm Aaron Hayden, and this is Dragon Hearts. Hello and welcome to Dragon Heart. Crazy, historic weekend at the race course this weekend. So, who better to break it down with the full Dragon Heart cast this time? Bill Long, Neil Williams, and Mark had to cancel his. 5.30 hair appointment yet again, <laughs> yeah. and he's finally joining us, so it's nice for for us to have our presence graced by a Disney legend like yourself, Mark. Well, thank you very much, I am very much the Mickey Mouse uh, member of uh, Callum FM. <laughs> if you, uh, as you, as a, anyone watching the video can see, my hat hair is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. It really is, it's a real sight to be seen. It is, isn't it? And it can now be seen from space. Just like the Great Wall of China can't be, because that's not true. <laughs> I just give and give, don't I? I just teach and teach. Uh, and he's I, back. I, I, I should say, I should say, <laughs> I, I should have had that right. <laughs> I see. Rebelling, the palace coup. <laughs> I, I should say that, um, you know, I, I listened to your scurrilous impersonation of a radio show last week. And, um, I, I just have to say that you claimed I went for a hair appointment. And that's not true. The fact of the matter is that much as I love spending time with you guys, I had an invitation to an all-you-can-eat Chinese buffet, oh. and you came a very distant second. Yeah, I don't blame you, to be fair, because I was in the same. Thank you very much. <laughs> I've got to say that the seafood Thai curry was a triumph. Oof. Calamari, and it was amazing. That sounds really, really good, to it be fair. It was very good. Yeah, anyway, yeah. talking about things that are good, we've got... <laughs> Oh, man. Ben, ben Foster's debut, well, second debut, and a really good win against York on Saturday for the men's team. And we also have a, a historic game to talk about with the women's game on the Sunday, which was great fun. And then we also have a friendly match against Man United in San Diego to talk about. So we won't be breaking down the game, but we'll be talking about the occasion, of course, because it's a friendly. Anyway, let's stop messing around. Let's get right back to it. This is Dragonheart. I'm Liam McClendon and this is Dragon Heart. York City was a really tough, tough game, wasn't it? In the end, they were really, really resilient. But we got the three points in the end, Bill. You've got to be happy with that. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure I agree. It was a tough game. I think we walked through them, to be honest. 3-0. Um, they, they were a good side. You've got to give them that. They, they provided a little bit of a challenge and... I think if we'd have gone in at half-time nil-nil, it might have been a little bit more difficult in that second half. But, you know, we deserved we deserved all three goals and uh, cruise control, really. I think maybe it's just me. I don't know. It's different when you're sat in the stands, isn't it, to when, you, when you're analysing the game. Maybe it's a perspective I didn't quite see, Neil. It could have been a lot more, to be honest. Mullin could have had a hat-trick. Mr. Header took on the keeper when he tried to jink, dink the keeper. He hit the post, Barnett hit the post... And they only had one real shot on goal. I mean, I think we defended as a team very well. Um, and our attack was great. You know, we, we we caught them on the break, but Barnett on the wing was, was superb, taking on players, crossing into the box. And yeah, I, I thought we had quite an easy game. We had a comfortable game. I didn't say easy, comfortable game against them. On paper, it would have been, looked like a tough, tough game. And they did put up a lot, you know, they, they had a lot of the ball, but we seem to allow that to happen to a lot of the teams that come to the Raycourse. Give them the ball, but then we just break them down. You know, our passing is just sublime. And our, the finishing, you know, James Jones's shot that hit the bar, the winning off the keeper was just, you know, 
inch though, the keeper was not going to stop it anyway. But, you know, unfortunately for the keeper, and that was 1-0 half-time. Che, you've got to learn to relax. Okay. I did feel really anxious in that game, yeah. to be fair. It was a very... I, I found it a lot more anxious than every other fan, I think. But I thought York looked like they were threatening at times. It looked like they could have scored at times, but... I, I yeah. think that's the... the it's, it's a classic case if you feel tense during a match because you don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah. And then when you step back afterwards and look at it, you see that Foster made a sharp save... And the problem for us was we didn't put a second goal past them until the 80th minute. So if Foster hadn't made that save, yeah. it would have been one all, and we'd have been in a situation. Yeah. But beyond that, they genuinely didn't really test us. And, yeah, like you say, when you watch the game, you think, oh, you've got to pay these guys respect. They, they have something about them. They were able to get into our half. They were mm. able you know, to control possession sometimes in our half. And obviously with a big target man like John Lewis, the shop, um, you know, you can, you know, there's going to be issues. Anything that chance came from mm. a ball hit him and actually stuck, and then they were able to build off that. Um, but but looking back at it, as it turned out, they didn't really. I mean, Foster had a, a nice quiet game. Uh, you know, like I say one sharp save to his left, one quite straightforward take to his right when they drove it across the face of goal. You'd expect him to take those, and, and to be honest, I think to be fair to Mark Howard, he'd have taken those. Yeah. I think it looked good that Foster was coming out and claiming a lot of crosses. And yeah, I think yeah. that Foster, as we'll talk about later, is a very high-class goalkeeper. Um, but the, the crossing was awful. They were lofting this silly wiffle ball, floaty shuttlecock stuff into our goal mouth. Mm. And, you know, Howard would have come and dominated as well. That's not a criticism of Foster. Just to say he didn't have that much to do with hindsight. They looked <coughs> neat. And I think, I think you're dead right. Resilient. Yeah. yeah, they were resilient and they fought and they made us fight to kill the game off, uh, and that's a good quality to have. But yeah, I, th I think we were comfortable really with the codicil of one goal's never comfortable enough. I think York strike me as on those sides like maybe next season if they stay up, which I think they probably will. If they had a couple class players, will be a decent side next season in the National League. They just were missing a few parts weren't they a couple or maybe a quality striker and a quality centre midfielder I think yeah and we're not an ordinary team for this league and we let's be fair yeah. we're not even ordinary league leaders neither are Notts County in fairness but you know we, we're, we're a side that are just absolutely dominating everyone that comes to the race course everyone walking to the only team uh, on, on obviously Sheffield United but their championship size that's a bit different but walking to the only team that really come and give us uh, a game Everyone else be flattened for the most part. Yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous. You know, fair play to York; they they did look all right, but they're yeah. not threatening that that back three. Who, let's be fair, you know, does Aaron Hayden get back into this team? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think York. I was talking yeah. to the BBC York reporters before, you know, so quite early on before when we were setting up, and I was saying to them, well, you know, I've had so many managers. You know, they got rid of one manager, had an interim manager. Yeah then another manager, now they're on to their second interim manager, and they, they said they're struggling to find a, a permanent manager at the moment. Um, and I thought, you know, why is this? And they, and they said, well, look at our squad. It, it's much better than the results and the positions they're getting. So, you know, they're looking at, why can't the managers get more out of them? But they've got, they got a lot of decent players. But I, I think maybe, yeah, you hit the nail on the head there, Bill. In another season, that York side would give us serious problems. But, but this season, we're, we're too good. Yeah, we contained it very well, didn't they? They had a, quite a bit of possession of the ball, but they didn't they didn't hurt us in any way apart from that one shot on goal, which you know went out. The keeper saved really well. It was straight at him, fortunately, but uh, 
like, yeah, I, th- I thought, I thought, you know, they didn't offer a lot against us. They they, they plastered lost the back a lot, um, and then the second half we just went up a gear, I think, and uh, made the substitutions. Parkinson again brought Dalby on. He made a difference. You know, he had an assist and he scored a goal. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I think the only, as you say, the only game we had a problem with was Woking. But you know, we give a lot of time on the ball to to other teams that have come here, but they've not damaged us. They've not scored masses of goals against us. So uh, I think we're very comfortable in allowing the opposition to actually have ball and, and just pass it across the back, and and then we we start pressing and and they lose the ball, and that's what you know that we're winning. You know, what we won twenty seven on the trot now, so unbeaten, unbeaten. Sorry, not winning. Yeah. Unbeaten twenty seven games, hundred goals. <coughs> we couldn't ask for more. Of that beginning of the season, we'd have all bit your hand off for that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, this this side, and we keep on saying it every week. It's nothing new, is it? it? This side is just completely incredible, and it's the squad that's completely incredible as well. You have Aaron Hayden, who should be coming back soon. As Bill said a second ago. Does he get back? Does he get into the side at this moment in time? Possibly not. I mean, why would you change that back three? They're, they're, they're a wall, aren't yeah. they? They're absolutely phenomenal. I know, like Aaron Hayden scores lots of goals as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, he, yeah, and he's very good on tools as long throws, so you yeah. would be tempted. But having said that, um, I've been sort of pondering this and sort of picking, if everybody is fit, a notional first 11. Yeah, it'd be tough. Um, and, and, okay, I've come to a conclusion. But let me run through my then notional second eleven, and ask okay. you the question: Would our would this notional second eleven win the national league? Um, well, maybe not with Notts County around, but a normal national league. Yeah. you'd have you'd have Linton in goal. You'd have probably Tunnicliffe, Cluith. I'm, I'm, I'm going to play Hayden in. That's harsh and Tunnicliffe, Cluith, Cluith, and and Butler would be the three centre backs. I'd say your wing backs would be um, well, Barnett. And McFadden in midfield. Well, I mean, let's be honest. You may well have last season's midfield that was so brilliant: Jordan Davis, Luke Young, James Jones, and mm-hmm. then up front, Dolby and Waters. That, that, that sounds to me like a side that, at the very least, is going to be very high up in the playoffs. <laughs> sounds like a side that did really well in the playoffs. Sounds like sounds like one of the best Wrexham teams of the last twenty years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, amazing, isn't it? Yeah, the depth is absolutely crazy. Now, I think that's what the key difference between this season and last season was. You know, we've got O'Connell in instead of, say, Tyler French. You know, I'm not criticising Tyler French. He was a decent right wing back and centre back, but he's not on the same level of what what we've got as cover now, is he, Bill? Oh, absolutely not. And I I, I think we've got two. Cluiff was better than um, Tyler French last year. By if we're being fair, some distance, and he's not getting a look in the side. No. Then you've got Ford coming back. Yeah. You've got um, O'Connor to come back. Where would you be in your squad, Mark, mm. as well? Well, okay. My my suggested first 11, but I'm not going to push <laughs> this because I think, frankly, the squad's made for rotation. Yeah. But if you were to really push me and we were in the cup final, we had to pick an 11, I think I'd go Foster, Hayden, Toza, O'Connell. Um, Ford, Mendy, Cannon, Lee, O'Connor, Mullen, Palmer. But there are plenty of players there who I could easily see, you know, other people coming in and reasonably enough, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that, that there's a wafer thin difference <coughs> between some of those 
players. No? Yeah, Jordan Davis, who's, who banged, what was it, 20-odd yeah. goals? Was it 20-something, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, Low yeah. 20s last season. I mean... Dead ball specialist dead, as well. Yeah. 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 I mean, these are fabulous players. <laughs> Luke, Luke Young, who's <laughs> our captain. They don't get into the, the first 11, potentially, do they? Which is... Oh, I, I think in midfield, we've gone from having the <laughs> midfield be our, our weakness last year to it being the best part of our team. And and each of the the six players are completely interchangeable with each other. They've got qualities that fit, fit each other. You've got Young who can cover in at that in that defensive midfield role, but <clears throat> you'd prefer to have O'Connor or Cannon there. You could probably play James Jones in a pinch in that position. He could play right wing back in a, yeah, in a pinch. Yeah. Yeah. Elliot Lee can play up front in a pinch. If we wanted to change formation, Davis could play on the wing, or he could maybe in a, again in a, in a severe circumstances cover left wing back. It's it's in. Insane, it's insane, and that's and that's a midfield six that I think dare I say it does very very well in League Two as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you think you know Jones didn't play for quite a long time of this season, did he? He's the first team or the first choice midfielder, and he's slotted in again now. Whether they've taken whoever they've taken out, whether it be Young, but he's done really well. He's you know yeah. he's upped his game, and and that's what. The quality in the squad has done. It's made that competition between the players far, far better, and they up the game on the pitch. And like you say, I mean, Jones did get a run at mm-hmm. the start of the season, and he was superb. And when he lost his place, you think, "Wow, that's chosen well." It's harsh, but that's football. We've yeah. got such quality that he can he can be playing out of his skin. Oh, you're the team now, mate. Sorry, and then you can see he's come back in and is really playing well, but the quality, the depth and the form of these players. We also have, you know, people on the real outskirts of the squad who would have been in the squad two, three years ago. Like Bickerstaff would have been starting in that Dean Keats season a couple of years ago, wouldn't he? You got you've got um Butler and you've got uh, loads of other players. McAlinden, Hosanna, yeah. Hall Johnson. Yeah. I didn't even mention yeah. them when I was no. talking about that team. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Which is cracking players. Yeah. And that, that's when that's this reserve team is really coming yeah. into play, and I think that's a real positive thing that's come in this season. Kai Davis, uh, yeah. as Kai Evans, even the, <laughs> the the better version of Kai Davis. Um, <laughs> if you're called Kai Davis, I apologise. Um, Kai Evans was really making strides coming through, and I'm, don't get me wrong. I, I think Parkson will look to continue to encourage young players, no question. But goodness me, uh, you know now it's uh, well, you know, even he, he's a project for next season now, isn't he? Because of the quality we've got at the moment. Yeah, and to be fair, Young has done nothing wrong on the pitch, yeah, and, yeah. and all of a sudden he's dropped, you know. But it seems to work at the moment. But he, will he come back in? Will he not come back in? You know, I'd, if I was Young, I'd feel, whoa, what have I done? You know, but we've got the quality of the players to, to as you say, rotate. So, and it doesn't affect the, the midfield that we've got at the moment, and they're all superb. So, I mean, Parkinson must have a headache every week, every match day, thinking which team, and perhaps he picks a team based on the upper opposition that we're playing. Mm. Yeah, most likely. I think I think there might be some element of that, but mm-hmm. I also think that it's more likely they're going to do it because of us, because our, our, our we are so dominant in terms of quality that we are in a position. Uh, yeah, don't get me wrong. I've, I've seen Parkinson make alterations where I think are looking to exploit certain things about other teams. Yeah. But we are so good. The first and foremost thing is we pick the team that we want in order to perform and dominate the game. If you see what I mean. I, I I feel I should say one of the forbidden things that was in my head a year and a half ago. I think I'm safe to say so now. When we appointed Phil Parkinson, I was listening to a few different podcasts, you know, players who used to play for him. 
and obviously some of them were effusive in their praise. A couple weren't, and they gave they they. Well, I was going to say gave the implication. They didn't give the implication. They said straight out that they felt that you could pressure him into putting you into the team by complaining. And I thought, well, that, that, I hope that's not true because that's a that's not a good trait in a manager. But I think the way that he has handled these players blatantly shows that's absolute rubbish because the way he's handled the squad, which now is so massive, and managed to keep it coherent, managed to keep players happy, managed to, to keep results coming when he rotates. This guy knows what he's doing, I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that talk I heard, I, I can completely dismiss. Yeah, I think anybody who had their doubts about Parkinson, you know, I think I think he's been a superb manager for us, you know. It's taken his time to, to get the players in that he wanted to get in, but now, you know, we can see the, the fruits of his labours and he's done a, a fantastic job. Uh, it, it irritated me a little bit because an awful lot of people seem to be criticising him and making assumptions <coughs> about him before he had a chance to do the job. And one of them, yeah. people kept saying early on, oh, he's very negative. Well, I mean... His, his track record doesn't really suggest that, I would argue. And then people say, he plays five at the back, he's negative. It's like, we don't play five at the back, we play three at the back. Uh, but it's just, that, that's all the... Yeah. The last time we were promoted, we played the similar sort yeah. of formation. Exactly. It's nonsense, yeah. isn't it? And we, and we scored a hell of a lot of goals. Yeah. Say, yeah. When have exactly. we ever scored 100 goals in the season before? You yeah, know? yeah. Precisely. Well, last season, um, <laughs> in the sense of, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's been consistently for two years, yeah. Yeah. his approach has been, we've got quality, we will rip into sides, and if we've had any weakness, it's been that sometimes we'll let goals in as well as we push on. But it's the right approach. But, yeah. you know, people are trying to say these sort of things, you're sort of thinking, but what you see on the pitch, like the way he'd make those substitutions when we go to the diamonds on the back four, and, you know, we'll have three strikers and Elliot yeah. Lee on mm -hmm. the pitch at the same time, and stand out. Oh, I know last season he didn't have Lee, but he was doing that. And then people would say, oh, he's negative, don't he? I don't think we've seen as entertaining football at the race course for many a oh, year. Absolutely. No, no, I can't remember the last time, no. but the last promotion season, yeah. I think. I mean, that was wonderful. But even then, this is what is consistently oh, better, yeah. isn't it? Because that, yeah. that season, he took us until about January to really properly as Australia. True, we were playing at a higher level then as well. Yeah, we? so oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not trying to belittle that team. Yeah. They were brilliant. Yeah. But, um, I mean, 2011, 12, of course, and 98 points. That's I mean, that was, one, that was yeah. fabulous, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was you amazing. Know? But uh, this is feels something, again, could be really are blowing teams away. Which is crazy that we haven't won the league yet, really. Yeah. It just shows how good... Not to count we are, doesn't it? They're really, really pushing us to the limit. And I think that's what's making this season so epic is that there is another side yeah. right behind us pushing mm. us all the way. And I don't think we maybe would get, dig deep and get the results if we didn't have some a really close enemy. It's not an enemy in some ways. I, I definitely think there's something to that. If you've got a, an opportunity to relax. You know, when like teams like Luton have won the league, they didn't really have anyone challenged you know, pushing them in the, in the same way that we've got Notts County. Yeah, they, they might not have broken uh, points, tallies and stuff, but they were that Luton side was probably as good as ours, but they could just afford, in some ways, they could just afford to drop points because they didn't have that that push. Both us and Notts County have to win every single game, and we've clearly got the, the both teams have got the management and the players to handle that pressure, and, and both teams are performing, sadly, for, for us in some ways, as well as, as happily for us in some ways. It's it's a it's a funny season, 
I hope we can put it to bed very soon. <laughs> because yeah. It's adding years to my life. I guess it keeps our, our lads on their toes, you know. And as I think Foster said, you know, at the weekend, you know, we've got seven cup finals still to play, you know, which it is. We've got seven cup finals. We've got seven games, seven games we win. But the big one's going to be Bank Holding Monday against County. Well, so speaking of uh, Ben Foster, we haven't even spoke about him yet. And uh, we had a player who was playing the Premier League last season make his second debut for Wrexham. And he looked good, didn't he, Bill, I must say. Oh, uh, I, I can't even, like... <laughs> it. The whole... In the build-up to it all was so bizarre because it was all the, the rumours flying around. Like, there always is with these sort of things. And obviously, he was rumoured at the start of the year and... You know he's come out since then and 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 said things which which actually meant that the, we did approach him and I, and I didn't think that was true you know and then he comes out and it's just like yeah Ben Foster's going to sign it's like oh whatever we keep saying that Howard's going to be fine we don't need to sign another keeper if we do maybe it's just another body in the building and then it keeps gathering momentum and gathering momentum and you know you you were what what were we doing we were we were doing something and. Yeah, uh, your 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 Mrs. Laura said, "Oh yeah, someone on fans chat saying that we're going to sign two players tonight," and it was yeah. like, "Ah, oh, what, whatever." And just that's just typical uh, Facebook rumors of people just saying, "Oh yeah, I know, I know the groundsman's cousin, and he said that mm. we're signing three players this weekend." <laughs> and then we go and sign Billy Waters, and you think, "Oh, nice one." Signing, yeah. Finally, finally got that um that you know that Mullin backup that we we've all talked about previously, and then the the next day it's like, "Yeah, Ben Foster signed." Crazy, like like it's it's just you've got a Premier League standard goalkeeper. Spurs and Newcastle have been after him this season. It, yeah, it might have been in a backup capacity, but he's come he's coming to play in the National League, and not for money. He's doing it for exposure. Yeah, it's all yeah, it's all that, a business move, crazy. isn't it? it? You know, and obviously he's clearly you can clearly see emotionally he's invested. Don't get me oh, wrong. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But this is a very savvy business move yeah. by yeah, two yeah. parties who. It could be the signing that takes us over the line because he looked absolutely incredible on Saturday. His handling skills were hundred oh, percent. I mean, that, the ball just glued to his hands whenever he went for that ball. And there was there was no no panic or no any keeper in the national league. And I no disrespect because they've got more talent in their little finger than I'll ever have from a footballing point of view. But you know, even the best keepers in this division, you get a bit worried when they come for a cross or whatever because they've not got that Premier League composure. But Foster's certainly got it. That that ball he sprayed to to lead towards the end of the game. Dear me, that throw was just oh, it was incredible. He looks physically imposing as well, doesn't he? Compared to a lot of goalkeepers at this level, I think it's a cracking signing. Yeah, and Foscast as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. That coming back, a lot. I, I used to love his match day vlogs. I thought they were really cool, but didn't see him in a Wrexham top doing it and playing it in the race course. <laughs> This takeover just, just doesn't stop getting wild, does it, Mark? <laughs> yeah, but don't talk to me about Ben Foster. I, I, he's, he's made me look a fool the last week. Yeah, yeah. I tell you. Oh, the, yeah. The, the, when, when the story broke that he'd been offered a, a deal in the summer and then, like a day later, Lainton gets injured, I'm thinking, oh, this is the worst possible timing because now all the crazy talk about, oh, Foster will come in, will start, and it did, and I was like... I, Saying to all and sundry, look, this is just imagination. This will not happen. Listen to me. I know this will not happen. So then he signed. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, Neil, do you know where you were when JFK was shot? I mean, when we signed Ben Foster? Because <laughs> that's the thing that's everyone going to remember. 
Oh, it was announced late in the evening, wasn't it? Was it? I, think, evening, it was, I think it was shot in the morning, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I suppose time difference, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, there we go. Yeah, yeah. What, what time of is course. it there now? Yeah. 1863. <laughs> you know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I thought you guys put it on, on our on our in the morning. It was yeah. Was it in the I, I, there was there was fairly solid rumours going around the night before, but it wasn't yeah. announced until the morning, was it? Funnily, I, I, I was listening to Mark's Ask WXM podcast. Oh! And the way he was talking about Ben Foster on it, I, it was this was announced like 10 minutes ago and I was listening to it. And like, <laughs> I was just laughing to myself because it was quite funny. Like, yeah, I put it out just about after, yeah. a few couple of hours after the Foster news yeah. broken. I did put in the description and all the socials. <laughs> the, the, the Foster discussion just shows how, much, how little I know. And then having done that, Having signed, it's then, you know, but will he play? The bloke retires. He's not played football since last May. Um, he hasn't trained, according to him, as a goalkeeper. He obviously keeps himself fit, yeah. but he hasn't actually done any goalkeeper training since he retired. So match sharpness is an issue for goalkeepers as well. And, and I just thought, well, there's no way we're going to start him. Maybe he can have a couple of weeks training to get up to speed. Oddly, didn't play in the reserve game the day before. Um, but surely Howard starts on Saturday, and then we see how it progresses. And his first interview didn't make me think anything different from that. So I was confidently saying to everybody, look, kids. I call everyone kids now, I've decided. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a 60s sort of guy. Uh, he, he's he's a backup. We've brought him in, but we're not going to... We got him there, and maybe he'll develop. But at the moment, he's a backup. And so, yeah, he played. And every <laughs> single thing I've said about Ben Foster has been completely wrong. Like you, I thought 99% that Howard would start on Saturday. Yeah. I thought he'd sell, watch, see how he played, get a bit more training with the squad, and then bring him in for the next game. But to actually see him there... The only thing that made me doubt was that he did two interviews. He had one before training, where I thought he didn't really commit himself at all. And then he did after training when he did not talk like a man who has come to be a substitute. Yeah. You know, he was talking like about my hands though. feel great. And I thought, I thought, oh, actually, <laughs> you, you've come here to start straight away. Yeah. You? <laughs> you couldn't imagine him just coming here, just sit on the bench, could you? Really? True, true. Yeah. Wouldn't well, really, it wouldn't really make sense for him with it, no. I don't think. No. Well, I, I agree. But I also think you could spin it around that way if you think about uh, what you said, Bill, that this is a, a savvy deal for everyone and you know like you said you hear people talking oh how much money have we offered him I don't, very little it would seem and he certainly mm. says that it's because he wants to be to have a high profile media career um he already has that because you can see how our socials our numbers have gone through the roof because ben foster plays yeah. that that's astonishing isn't it speaking of that not to interrupt you too badly mark but i looked at the uh, hot take Numbers were something like seven point three thousand, which is which is good for the hot take. You know, it's a solid yeah, number. Yeah. Ben Foster's post match interview was like a hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah. When I last looked, God well, knows how long I it had is, to look about an hour ago. Right. And the post match one was about one hundred eighty thousand. Wow. And his wow. initial interview with the club is, is past two hundred thousand. So I mean, yeah, let's be honest. This is he's a big dog in the social media world, yeah. and he has given a boost to us. But we bring something to, to the party, yeah. not least. Ryan Reynolds, Correct. and you know, <laughs> straight away he's been able to put on his first blog, you know, featuring Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. I mean, clearly th that conversation is very quick about the wage because it's basically I don't need the money, 
but I, I will be in Welcome to Wrexham. I'll clearly be a, a, a sort of story point in Welcome to Wrexham. Plus, you know, will Ryan do some content with me? Will Rob do some contact with me? It's a win-win, isn't it? You know, yeah, it's that American exposure as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Which exactly. he wouldn't have got yeah. usually. Uh, you know, look, we'll be talking about it later in the podcast, but the fact that we're going to be playing a a game in America against Man United is Who? just a game against Man United is absolute Man Manchester United. Oh right, right. they're local. Yeah, yeah. Is <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely bonkers, but. What else was absolutely bonkers was Sunday, and I think it was a historic game. I think after this, we'll be talking about that. I'm Luke Young, and this is Dragonheart. Sunday, oh, it was it was excellent, wasn't it, guys? And I, me and Bill have got two different, you know, ways of viewing the game. You guys covered it, so I'm expecting some. Fantastic tactical analysis from you guys, and we're gonna we're gonna probably the sarcasm dripping from his voice there, <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna be talking about how it was like, you know, in the stands because it was a completely different. It was completely different to what uh, totally different, yeah, totally yeah. different to the men's yeah. game, is it? Well, it was, it was quite telling. I thought we got an ask Rack some question from one of our American listeners at the start of half time, saying, "Why is there no singing?" And we were explaining, yeah. weren't we, that yeah. this is a different crowd. I mean, a massive amounts of children, a lot more women than you'd normally see. Obviously, the diehards there as well, you know, of, you know, but nonetheless, it was a different crowd. And that's what made it superb, because you're, from a selfish Wrexham point of view, maybe creating new fans of the club, both men and women, by bringing them in. And also, just in general, you are introducing that idea of... Football's fun, just in general. Play it, watch it, come along, have a good time. Yeah. So I thought it was, it was, it was superb, that. I don't, I don't think you could have put that any better because I took my two kids. It was their first. Well, it wasn't the my eldest's first game, but it was my youngest, Wesley. He's not even two yet. And he was glued to it, wasn't he, for the whole game, wasn't he? <laughs> he uh, was. He is football mad, Wesley. He's, though, he's he? absolutely football mad. <laughs> he's, he's you know singing Wrexham songs as soon as we yeah. got home, all the way there and all the way back. But I just really, really liked it. I really enjoyed the different it's pace. More of an honest game. As I said to Mark, I think during the commentary, you know, they get injured, they're going down and they're straight back up again. You know, it's, it's so much more of an honest game, I think, the women's game than the men's game. Uh, the pace is maybe a little bit slower, but, you know, the skills there. Um, our left back, and I can't remember what her name was, the blonde head girl, which I put my foot in with you. Oh, man. Love it. Love it, yeah. <laughs> great player, a great player. Mm. Every tackle she won, she, she said 100% commitment. Great. And, and, and as you say, it was just a totally different game to watch than the men's game. Pace was a little bit slower, um, but physicality it wasn't. You know, they were all going in for 100% on that game, and it was a good game to watch, you know. And to, for Wrexham to come out winners 2-1, win, win the league, 100% win rate throughout the season in front of 9,500 fans, beyond their wildest dreams. They'll have never played in front of that big a crowd ever. And we must have such a big occasion for all those players on the pitch as well. What I really loved about the whole occasion was, um, you know, we're, we're lucky to have Jordan Davis in the in the men's first team and, and Kluwer, who's come through the, the youth setup. But to have a team nearly full of Wrexham women, if not Wrexham fans or Wrexham born, they were at least 
you know, North Wales based in some way or another. And they were all, you could just see how absolutely buzzing they were to play in front of a, a full packed out race course, which, you know, they're living our dream, Che, aren't yeah, they? You know, yeah. mm. how, how often have you, even as an adult, daydreamt about scoring the winner for, for Wrexham in front of a, a crowd like that? <laughs> 9,000, you know, the men wouldn't have, would have dreamed of getting that themselves a few years ago. You know, it it, it, it was a lot, it was really, really good. I, I love the change of pace. You know, going to the men's game on the Saturday where it was really, really intense and the crowd was intense and people were screaming at the referees and et cetera, et cetera. In the crowd, he had none of that. No. You know, it was a really, it was, everyone was having fun. There was lots of little kids there who, were, you know, brought their snacks in and what have you and were enjoying themselves. And it, it, it was just something a little bit different. And I was talking to my girlfriend after it and we were like, Next season, we're going to try and go to all their games mm. because we enjoyed it that much. The kids yeah. enjoyed it that much. Uh, we're going to try and get get there as much as possible. My, my favorite bit was probably, and you were you were sorting <laughs> you were sorting the kids out somewhere else. But I'd gone down to get signatures with our cousin Edie, who's um she's fourteen and uh, she's played a little bit of football herself. And the, the the way her face lit up when she went to get some signatures off some of the, off some of the women. Was just oh, just to, to see to see a, a young girl being inspired like that, you know, seeing other women playing in the front of a packed out race course. That was that was really really nice. You know, it was a, it was a lovely experience, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It wasn't. You know, my lads who you know, one of my lads, my eldest lads, not that into football. He was loving it. Yeah. You know, when when that Rosie Hughes goal went in at the end, everyone was going wild. The, the kids were loving yeah. it. It was just the only thing I didn't love was the guy with the horn. And he was on the other uh, side. He was on the other side of the pitch to you as well. Yeah, yeah. He still is. Literally, he was ten foot away from us. Oh. I do apologise. I have to mention that. Please don't bring horns into the football ground. <laughs> the guy was a, a young girl. Was it? Oh, sorry. Um, and yeah, it drove us nuts. Didn't it? it really did. I, I genuinely couldn't hear myself away. commentating when when the horn was on at all. <laughs> and, and we had a couple of, um, because we had to use a different setup, we did have some audio problems at yeah. the start anyway, which made it worse again. Um, but, oh, my gosh, yeah, it was just... Oh, it was just driving us crazy, wasn't it? And we were hoping it's going to run out of gas, but it was one of these <laughs> yeah. it was one of these pump horns which carried yeah. on going and going and going. And the poor girl, she only used it when Rex and I had a goal, which was from Connors Key, whether Rex had a throwing or whether Rex had a... A goal kick. She'd be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it reminded me of going to watch Wales in from about 2002 to 2004 in the millennium when everyone had those horns. Please don't bring them to the football ground; it kills the. Atmosphere they were the what were they called? The Hoovers. Yeah. That's the ones. <laughs> that was horrendous. But anyway, back to, to what happened on the pitch. And I've got to say, all credit to Connors Key as well because yeah. I thought they were brilliant. I thought they really. Matches went toe to toe for us in the first half. I, I really forgot the player's name. There was a Corral. Corral. She looked she, really, yeah. really good. Outstanding, wasn't she? Does she fancy Matt. wearing a red shirt next season? Because yeah. that would be. Well, something. Honestly, playing red normally. So. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Play of the game for me, she was. Yeah, I think so too. She was phenomenal. Yeah. Her work rate. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. I, I said exactly the same to Mark. I hope we sign her for next season. Yeah. I, I can't see why not. Well, she really was impressive, wasn't she? It was very yeah. hard to get the ball off her. Um, and she covered a lot of grounds, not just up and down, but laterally as well. She'd get on the flanks and beat people and try and find ways in. 
Uh, I, I thought, I mean, they, they did very well the first 15 minutes. They're a bit more direct and a bit more physical than us. And it was too easy for them to find her or to find other players in attacking areas there. The two strikers, Harley and Wild McGregor. That's a great name, isn't it? Um, <laughs> they, you know, they, they were hitting them and they were running down the channels and running at defenders. And like you say, I mean, you could see now in Lovitz the, the quality of tackling, but there was a lot of really good individual defending by the entire back four because there had to be because they yeah. were we were getting they were getting exposed and it was turning into a game of individual duels. Actually, to be fair, both ends. Um, their two full-backs got a real testing from Lightfoot and Pritchard, and then Whitefoot, who set that goal up so brilliantly. You know, but the, the, the way that Phoebe Davis, her tackling was was equally ferocious. Lily Jones and Katie Sharp in the middle really defended the centre of the penalty area well and a bombardment. You know, that, that was we defended extremely well and earned the right to settle into the game and start to move the ball around, and that didn't hurt, of course. That TJ Dickens scores oh, like yeah. a worldie, you yeah. know, the Ronaldinho doing <laughs> David Seaman, you know. See, now, where from we were sat, I, I wasn't 100% convinced she meant that, but after oh, watching yeah. the highlights, yeah. it was yeah. quite Definitely. clear that she meant it. Yeah, yeah. hell of a shot. We hell said at the shot. time, you know, when they put a one-person wall up, you know, we said, she's going to go for goal. And what, a, what an effort. Brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah. Perfect I mean, judgment. Yeah, yeah, and, and at the time, I think Rexman on the on the back foot yeah. because uh, Connors Key were dominant oh, yeah. in the yeah, first fifteen twenty minutes. I think Bit maybe bar, the, didn't they? Yeah, maybe yeah. the occasion yeah. overall the the, the the Wrexham women for a while in the beginning because of you know where they were and the, the big crowd. They took a while to build into the game, but yeah, I think uh, you know we were very lucky to not concede a goal in the first fifteen twenty minutes. So I thought Connors Key were the far better team. I didn't think it was so much the occasion as I thought the Connorsky got things right. Yeah, they started very mm-hmm. well. They had a clear game plan. They were getting the balls into areas of the pitch where they could hurt us. They were quite sort of you know, competitive in midfield and were winning the second balls they could put there in again. And they were getting the game played on their terms. And I think that goal was important insurance to make sure that we got through a rough 15 minutes level because we happened to get a goal out the blue like that because we could have lost the game, I think, in, in that period because... You know, Del Morgan made a couple of good saves. That tip round the post, that was a superb save. We were right behind that, and she must have seen that really late. And she's managed to get down and get a hand onto it when it's almost past her. That was an outstanding save. I want to give credit to both the goalkeepers. Yeah, I think. both keepers Con- did I think Connors keep, yeah. keeper played really, really well as well. That, that was a game where there should have been more than three goals. Yeah. But the, yeah and the goalkeepers so. and some excellent, I would say, individual defending rather than just talking about units was what kept the score down. Yeah, 100%. But the exposure the women's game got now in Wales being shown live on S4C yeah, yeah. and world exposure and having Robin Ryan there as well has done massive. I, I, I'm going to be horrible now and I'm going to say I don't want to give S4C that much credit for it. No, 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 I'm not um, saying... But no, no, I know, and I'm just saying that I think why the hell didn't they put it on actually S4C instead of just on, on online? It was online, platform. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't, wasn't on the actual channel. I think that's poor. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. I, I, With it being such a big game, basically. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, th- this was a major cultural moment, mm-hmm. and I think it, it should have been given the respect it deserved in that sense. Um, and certainly, the, the club I think could have just done it ourselves, but S4C have stepped in. Whether they made it clear we're not actually going to put it on the channel or not, I'm not sure. But it's it's a high profile thing here, but maybe not in other parts of Wales as much because it wasn't on. The television, so I, th- I think that's quite poor personally. I've got to say, some of the coverage was poor. And um, my wife came to the game, 
bought it, twenty tickets, it. yeah, yeah uh, and took friends and, and family, uh, you know, the kids, you know, loads of them coming to football for the first time. They had a brilliant time, um, but she was fuming the next day because she was looking at the SOC coverage and consistently. I'm sorry, I like I, I like SOC and the people there are very good, but I thought this was really bad. They weren't watching the game. Yes, they were. They people were, watching. But well, worse than that, I thought they, they were constantly cutting away from the game and interviewing people in the crowd. So there's no commentary. You can hear the crowd going crazy. And, and some of these interviews were long, and you genuinely weren't watching literally two or three minutes of the game. I'm sorry, if you watch a football match, you want to see what's happening. If they did that in a Cardiff City match, can you imagine the outcry of not being able to see what was going on? Well, it's, so, not, it's not soccer aid, is it? We're not watching some charity match. Thank you. Yeah. 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 I, I, I thought it was patronising. I thought it was, oh, it's, it's, it's women's football, so we'll do it a bit different. Oh, it's only Wrexham. People, yeah, well, people won't be able to sustain interest in this, so we'll talk to some Canadians in the crowd. Those Canadians in the crowd, by the way, were brilliant and yeah. fascinatingly articulate, and you should be talking to them at half-time for 10 minutes. I, I, you know, they were brilliant. Yeah. But I also had a feeling of... They've come all the way here and they can't watch a football because they're being interviewed. I mean, what the hell's the point of that? But, you know, can you imagine watching a game of football, wanting your team to win? Because I'm sorry, women's football is competitive football, as for see, but you can't watch big chunks of it. Yeah, well, I'm going to go home now because I'm on my iOS. I'm going to ride it home and I'm, <laughs> and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to time how many minutes of the second half <coughs> you didn't get to watch football because I bet you it's over five. That's, this, just, that's awful. That. This is yeah. what happens when Mark Griffiths cancels his hair appointments. He's got, yeah, he's got time actually. to do things like this. Do you realise this is the anniversary of my all-you-can-eat buffet? I'm getting a bit emotional now. But I, I thought that was shocking. Absolutely yeah, shocking. 100%. And I've got to be frank as well and say that, and I'm not. this is not the reason I'm ranting, but I think it illustrates that there were a couple of key moments that I wanted to put into the highlights because I edited the highlights off that. They went there. Um, and I have to show them, like, sort of, well, the... the there was a tackle on the second half when Pritchard was a, looked like she was going to score, and it was a superb last-ditch tackle on her. They, they cut from talking to somebody in the crowd to the actual tackle, the contact, not even the, not even the approach to slide in of the tackle. They cut from that to crunch a tackle in the goal mouth. And it's like, you're not even watching the game to see when you could cut back. I, I, so, I mean, you look at it on the highlights and you'll, you'll see that I've really tried to work hard to squeeze as much of it in as possible and leave the replay in. But our commentary, I don't think, you know, I can't leave our commentary in because it's not... Because I, I don't commentate over to. it. In. Yeah, it's nothing yeah. to match up to. I, I don't even understand how... If you're going to interview these people, why can't you just have the the, yeah, the, the video of, yeah. the, of the, the game small. on? Picture in picture yeah. or just listen to them and watch the game. Yeah, that's what... Yeah, That's yeah. the priority is the game, surely. Yeah. I, I, I find it... That's very celebrity <coughs> YouTube football styles thing. Yes. Football, and that's disgusting, yeah. isn't it? But it's it is saying this is women's football. It's not real football, and that's, that's awful. And if if they're not meaning that, then they need to stop and have a think. I do think they're great generally. Like, please yeah. don't be wrong. I it is a massive shame that because Scario is usually really good, yeah. isn't it? And you know the, the coverage they give to the Welsh uh, Premier League is is usually mm. pretty decent. So that is a bit of a shame, really. Although we should praise them for one thing, which is that they had, they had a long lingering cut to us, Neil, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> they did. They went which, back and had a look at that. Which was posted on the Ask Wrexham, wasn't it? Yes, Why, that's be right. A bear, be, yeah. Is it Be a yeah, Bear Beer, be one of our American fans, are brilliant <laughs> <laughs> he isn't there. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just think they were just, they were just trying to piggyback on the 
the the the celebrity glamour of Disney's Mark Griffiths and the Athletics Neil Williams. Let's <laughs> <laughs> be honest. If you if you look closely, you can see that one of our security details is on the on the walkie-talkie ordering our post-match pizzas and brandy. <laughs> Brandy. <laughs> yeah, pieces and brandy. The name of my two kids. Um, <laughs> sorry. Let's get back to the game, though. We need to have a, a Rosie Hughes appreciation segment, don't we? Because energy levels. She's dynamic, isn't she? She's so fast. She can take on players. I, I'd be great to see maybe her in a Wales top in the future. Why not? Oh, she's quality, isn't she? Yeah. She really yeah. is. I mean, that... The number of times that she brought the ball down and she's got that awareness of how to lay it off. She knows where people are in space and she can make passes that progress to move. The, the touch is superb, her ability to take people on. I mean, the goal, I, I want to talk about the goal, but remember that point in the first half where she brings down the centre circle back to goal, three Connors pl key players on her, and she just turns all of them in one move and she's yeah. passed them. And it's like, whoa. And then she, she you're thinking, okay, she's going to pass this down. Comes, she commits a defender, and instead of pass, she beats her. And then you say, okay, and now she lays her off, and then she just beats another one and hits a shot. Which, when you look at it from behind the, the angle behind the goal, that's bottom corner, that's left foot bottom corner. And the defenders managed to get a block and deflect it. Um, but oh, I mean, she's class, but that, that goal, yeah, that goal, it's gonna be an iconic goal, isn't it? To look mm. back on because you know, the, the crowd being so huge of it being the first competitive women's game in such a long time and for us to lift the trophy at the race course in front of all those people that is just what a special moment forever that'll be for her won't it yeah the only disappointing part of it is they even though they've won the league they haven't actually got promoted which yeah, is the, the biggest <laughs> yeah. disappointment you know they've yeah. gone through all that effort and they've got a playoff match against Britain Ferry which we believe is going to be held at Newtown yeah. on the 16th is it of no I think it's a week after I think wasn't it ah. I don't I may know. be wrong though I'd a, like to go. Game, well, we yeah. were saying exactly the same. If yeah. you're going to, we could possibly do commentary from there because they'll have the facilities to do that there as well. Yeah. Uh, going back to that goal as well, I mean, I just got to say, have you seen the Lily Whitefoot video when she signs for Wrexham, which is absolutely fantastic, um, where she's she's put the Wrexham shirt on and she turns to her camera and is going nuts like it's because she's <laughs> a childhood fan of the club. Um, and then she did so well, the assist from her, that was one of those really sort of visceral, heart-pumping goals that you can't help but get excited about. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like Jerry McDonough against Forest Green Rovers. You know, you, we are defending a corner. Phoebe Davis, who I've got to say, proper no-nonsense defender, playing right back or centre-back, she was excellent, gets a proper clearance on it. And then there's just that moment. It's just, it's, it's the drama of sports, isn't it? The ball's bouncing tantalisingly in space. You've got a defender running at it from one direction. You've got Whitefoot coming in the other direction. And you just can't see who's going to get there first. They say, oh, if she gets there first, oh, we're in here. And she just manages. She does so well because there's contact between the players. But she manages to keep her balance and then play it the perfect pass to Hughes. Because she plays it in behind her. Then that momentum's gone, but she plays that perfect pass into her path, and there's okay, she's still got to beat a defender and the keeper. And Andrews, a defender, I thought was a real scrapper, a right bang over those battles. But you just knew Hughes had too much. Once she got the, the first touch to nudge it past, she's, she's too quick now. And then the way she gave the gave the the, the shoulder dropped over the shoulder to the keeper, oh, it was just building up and building up and building. Oh, it was a wonderful goal, wasn't it? That 
Whitefoot's a real prospect as well, isn't she? Because I, I believe she's a, she <laughs> was in the same school year as my stepdaughter, so she's only 16, 17. So that's a bright future ahead for her if she's got that kind of composure at 16 or 17, isn't it? You know. And you look at the under-19s presentation, how many of the players playing for the yeah. senior team have also been playing for the under-19s. Like I mean, five it, of them, wasn't it, I think? It's fantastic, isn't yeah. it? So, I mean, Amber yeah. Lightfoot, for example, second top scorer in the senior team in the whole division after Rosie Hughes, a real-class attacking player. She's in that under-19s. I mean, Lily Jones, who I thought a key moment in the game was putting her into midfield as well because I thought she was excellent at the back. But when they put her into midfield, she's just... She's Roy Keane, you know, she's just bang, box to box, constantly. Patrick Vieira, just constantly in there, winning tackles, driving play forwards, making good passes, and, and just just bothering <laughs> the opponents. I know it's a bit thin thing to say. And I thought in the first half, I noticed that she chased Corral at one point into her own half and tackled her. And, you, and you know, how many times did Corral get tackled? You know, but she's, and she's only a young girl, and another big Wrexham fan, you know, but there are so many. Young prospect, Mia Roberts coming on. There's so many young prospects in that in that squad and in that team. And I've missed Kim Dutton, the skipper. They're all diehard Wrexham fans as well. I mean, it's brilliant, isn't it? It's brilliant. Yeah, it and they're all still at the race course now signing autographs because they were, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speed, they were making such a slow, you know, signing all the autographs, going around the edge of the pitch. It was amazing, wasn't it? I did comment on that, that they took a long time to get around the pitch. Yeah, it was brilliant. Um, but, that, but the, you know, the winning goal epitomises Wrexham Football Club for me. You know, the never-say-die attitude, whether it be the women's team or the men's team, we always leave, you know, we always play to the last minute of the game and that just totally pitched that. And I was even up on my feet cheering when, when we, we scored the winning goal on, on Sunday. You don't get Neil on his feet cheering when there's a Wrexham goal very often, do you? No, not very often. And <laughs> <laughs> our commentator can. <laughs> when we put the highlights up, uh, most of it, all we can see is your waist. <laughs> you just stand there and go, go on, go on, go on. That's <laughs> brilliant. It's built in, isn't it? <laughs> can, I, can I make a little quick statistical point? Go on. Um, I'm, I'm cheating now because I've cribbed it, this from the, uh, the Rex of Anorak I wrote, but just a point about that attendance. I mean, the obvious stuff, biggest ever attendance for a women's game in Wales, which is fantastic. I think more striking, bigger than any League of Wales crowd ever. We, yeah. we are in a position here, if Cardiff and Swansea want to take, uh, take up the gauntlet, where... The women's league could become more important than the men's league in Wales, which is remarkable. But then also, bigger than any attendance at the racecourse between the Boston game, which is the 5th of May 2007, and the 30th October last season. Wow. Uh, so that, that's, that's not bad, is it, really? <laughs> you know, 14 years we didn't get a crowd like that in the racecourse at all. And then 31 of the 72 clubs in League One, League Two, and the conference, or National League rather, have not had an attendance as big as that this season. Amazing. I mean, wow. That says a lot about and so many things going on at the moment. If we do get promoted, we win this playoff game, etc. I really like to see us maybe, and this is no disrespect to Ponky Banks, because it's, it's served us really well, isn't it? But I would like us to see us playing in more maybe improved and your facility Brown would be. Saying, we had this conversation as well, because yeah. somebody asked that question on Ashworth. You know, somewhere well. where, you know, I can take, you know, you can, Maybe you have to pay to get in, what have you, not like Ponky Banks, and really improve and grow the Rex and women's team. And it'd, be, it'd be ideal for us to play at the race course week in, week out, but whether that's feasible at this point in time... We didn't agree with that. Not be because, you know... Nope. Yeah. 
But there's plenty of um, Welsh League <coughs> standard yeah. grounds in and around Wrexham. A part of our getting that licence will be that the ground has got to be an actual stadium with media facilities as well, things like that. But every male League of Wales team has had to fulfil that. So any local team who's been in the League of Wales in the last 10, 15 years would fit the bill. Yeah. And as yeah. one person rightly said on Ask Wrexham, why don't we just play at Chester? Because they're not really needed. <laughs> <laughs> and it is half in Wales. Well, yeah. There you go, yeah, yeah. Perfect. No, but locally, we did set one there. Kevin, didn't we? Seems it's the most local it's team Brickfield. Brickfield. They, have, they have stands, they have facilities, they have a gantry. Oh, okay. Oh, that, right. that, that'd be nice. For that's that's we're down the road from there. That, I'm only saying, I'm only throwing that out there because it's literally yeah. down the road from my house. But <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they could easily build on that and there is it's right in the middle of town well, that's an interesting point isn't it because we're looking at ready-made solutions um, which sounds just like a, a sort of mid wales league of wales team oh sorry but it could also be that we make a contribution locally by actually building up a local team's facilities yeah that's an interesting yeah. point brickfield do have a gantry and they do have stands and they do have like a facility to get drinks and things like that I, they may not have all the things you need to get the license, but they might invest that sort of exactly thing right. into. I mean, another place similar to that, we need investment, which could work, would be Queensway. That would be so good. You could be doing something to, you know, like I say, for the local area. Just like when we went to Nine Acre, and the idea was, well, we sort of reclaimed that now as a, you know, for the community as a good for sporting facility. There's Lex and there's. Um there's Rose Suckland, who've got state, uh, who've got um, stands and things like that now that you could build on as well. There is plenty of decent uh, Grassford and places like that. There's a uh, Chirk. There's a plenty of good facilities in and around the area. I'm sure the club will find the the most suited. I suspect we're going to have to look at. I mean, I'm assuming if we go up, we're going to have to look at the moments because we're doing the application now. A club at the moment which has got those facilities now. Yeah, Maybe that's uh, something down the road. We're just, we're just sitting here spending Robin Ryan's money. It's beautiful, isn't it? <laughs> but the closer to my house, the better, because I want to watch the <laughs> yeah, game every week. Yeah. And, I, and I think that kind of, like, it accidentally comes on a point. Like, I've seen a lot on social media people saying about why we don't cover it, especially, you know, the international fans who are maybe used to the women's game and getting as much exposure as the men's. Um, you know, Just a reminder, we are completely volunteer-led. We don't necessarily always have the time to go to every single game, etc. Like we said last week, you know, it's difficult for me to cover all the men's stuff, never mind the women's stuff, but watch this space for next season. I think it's the kind of thing that we're going to look at over the summer and see where the, the changes or, or improvements I, I, I'm not that. even sure if I want to cover the women's games. I think I want to go with my family. It's a family day out for you. We went, me, me, me and my yeah, me and my girlfriend went home on Sunday and we thought that's cost us a fiver. The kids loved it, you know. My girlfriend loved it, my nan loved it, you know, we had such a great time, it didn't cost us much money and Yeah. Yeah, why why can't we have the women's game? It's like a complete opposite sort of thing to what the men's game is, where it's like a good family day out and it's affordable for people. Can I ask you, were you as emotionally involved with that as you are with the men's game? Yeah, you know what? I got towards the end of the game. I really, really, really got into. I it. would say the same. Yeah, exactly the same. At the beginning, it's like, yes, Wrexham, but it's not. It doesn't feel like it's in my blood like the Wrexham men's team is. But towards the end of the game, it, it turned into that. Yeah, yeah, it did. You actually got into it. You need to. 
get to know the players and yeah. watch yeah. them week in, week out to mm-hmm. really fully get that feeling, don't you? But yeah, yeah well, there's a solution to that. <laughs> we have to go every week, won't we? Yeah. 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 Even if I don't go every week, <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I want to go now, me and, me and my girlfriend have sat back said, we're going to go. We're going to go at least a lot more than what we have done. Cause it's, it's Especially if they get promoted out. and they play the bigger teams. you know. And, and I've got to say, my two kids, they didn't care if it was men or women. They no. didn't know. Yeah. They got home, they game. just watched the game of football in the stadium. That was sort of the point I was trying to make yeah. last week as well, is that it'll be not only, is, it's obviously absolutely amazing for young women, but it'll be great for young lads to grow up yeah. Watching women's, watching yeah. women's football and growing up not knowing a difference. Just oh, that's Wrexham women's today. Oh, we're going to Wrexham men's yeah. next week. Oh, nice I, one. Because I know when I was a kid, I'd be like, oh yes, yeah, so I get to watch a Wrexham game on a Saturday and a Sunday. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to watch Wrexham on Saturday, and Wrexham on Sunday. I want to get to the point where it's not even saying Wrexham women's, just saying Wrexham. the Sunday Wrexham game, yeah. Yeah. Saturday Wrexham yeah. game, because they were both is equally as entertaining. In fact, I enjoyed myself more on the Sunday game than I did the Saturday game. Yeah. yeah. Is that because you had your family with you as well? Which I had my made family, more a family and, it, and it was a lot more relaxed yeah, and it was yeah. a lot more enjoyable rather than being... The stresses of following Wrexham Football Club, <laughs> trying to get promoted and winning, and yeah. I'm only 22. <laughs> <laughs> Hi guys, I'm Dominic Rose and uh, this is Dragon Hot. <laughs> well, we were going to talk about... The San Diego Manchester United Wrexham oh, yeah. match. Yeah. Who? We we've completely over overcooked um, the two games. There's t- way too much to talk about on both, and thankfully, uh, so we'll talk a little bit more about that next week. Yeah, it'll get more detail by next week. Yeah, probably, won't we'll we? have more I detail. I believe it's a little bit of a tour, so we might know a little bit more about yeah. other games uh, that may or may not be happening anyway. So they've said they're announcing at early April all the other details. Oh, of the okay. Tour, yeah, right, so yeah. tickets go on yeah. sale next month as no, well. No tickets are already on sale yeah. for that match. And what a great opportunity for Man United, a club like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and a, a chance for some of their players to get in the same pitch as some of ours. You know, I mean, you know, you should have seen Andy Cole. He looked flustered, didn't he? He didn't know. Where- <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that shock cup match when they beat us? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, yes. they keep crowing on about that, don't they? Oh, you know? I gotta <laughs> say though, that um, promo thing, a little sketch oh, of yeah. Ryan Fergie, that was brilliant. That was that yeah. really did make me laugh. But yeah, guys, this is this has been a fantastic podcast. We've had so much to talk about, haven't we? Um, we got the game to look forward to on Saturday as well, guys. Another. Yeah. Very intense game. Hopefully, Notts County start dropping some points and we just end up winning the league. Because well, I don't think my I don't think I could take this for much longer. Uh, there's <laughs> an owl on Oldham's badge, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Do owls and magpies get along? I think an owl would crush a magpie in a fight. Would they be inclined to fight? Is what I'm thinking. Will will <laughs> will a team represented by an owl work harder? to further the causes of a team represented by a magpie because they get along because they're both avian or are they rivals? I've got to say they're all, they're drag- all. dragons yeah. would absolutely destroy both magpies and owls. They'd eat them as a <laughs> that, that's, that's true. But what I'm saying is will owls try harder to help magpies or are owls ambivalent towards magpies? There's a title for the show this weekend. <laughs> no, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just got to say a dragon should destroy an owl anyway, no matter how hard... That- trying the owl is so I think that's a great way to wrap up the show guys will, it, will a dragon kill the devil then at the Man United game at, yes. at the Soup Dragon Stadium yes <laughs> Soup Dragon we've got two dragons as well on our badge so. yeah, yeah. 
and yeah. feathers in case they're ticklish. <laughs> Right, I think that's a great way to wrap up the show. I've, I've been, I've been Che Long, I've been Witchurch Photographies, Neil Williams, Disney's Mark Griffiths, and Bill, Bill. Long. Oh. Uh, this has been Dragonheart.